0: Hey friends, and welcome to episode 99 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman-Kornick, and today's episode is all about waiting. We've all had to wait at some point or another in our lives. And when I say wait, I'm not talking about scrolling Instagram to pass the time while standing in line to return something at Target. (laughs) I'm talking about longer seasons of waiting when we're longing for something in the future, but it's just not meant to be our time yet. Waiting as the months pass while you diligently pay down your student loan debt. Waiting as the months pass while you're saving for the down payment on a new home. Waiting as the months or even years pass until you can start a family. One of my favorite quotes about time is by writer Annie Dillard. She said, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. When we're in a season of waiting, it can be easy to get caught up in our vision for the future and fail to live in the present day by day. But how we spend our days is a part of how we spend our lives, and part of good time management is making the most of our days, even when we're so desperately ready for the future to arrive. This week's guest, Jessica Lorian, is currently in a season of waiting, and I'm so honored that she joined me today to tell her story of waiting, even as it's to be continued. Now, let me introduce you to Jessica. Jessica has spent the past 10 years as a professional actor and voiceover artist in New York City. Now, as the host and producer of the Mamas in Training podcast, she supports pregnant women and aspiring moms on their journey into motherhood. What makes her show different from other pregnancy and motherhood podcasts? is that she is not yet a mom. An autoimmune disease has delayed her journey into motherhood, and she has decided to learn right alongside her audience. With a background in performing on stage, in front of the camera, as well as being a professional singer, her mission is to spread the importance of studying motherhood. She intends to use her voice and desire to connect with women everywhere to share the lessons she's learned and give community to those in need. In today's today's conversation with Jessica, she shares how she navigates the challenges of a predictably unpredictable schedule. You'll hear her foolproof four-step method for saying no guilt-free. She gives real examples for how to prioritize time with friends in different stages of life. And of course, you'll hear her best advice for how to stay positive during a season of waiting. Yes, Jessica is in a season of waiting to become a mother. And I can tell you right now that whether you are a mother or want to become a mother, or maybe you have no desire at all to have children, What Jessica has to say in this episode is powerful and can be applied to any situation. So I encourage you to stay tuned, lean in, and listen closely. As usual, you can find all the details for this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 99. And finally, I wanna thank you again for tuning in and being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. And if you like what you hear, I would be so grateful for your review. And if you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. You see, your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in podcast search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode, like this one going out to Hunt Keister. And I hope I'm saying that right. Hunt Keister was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review. Hunt Keister writes, I'm so grateful that a friend turned me on to this. Anna, she has so many great ways, tips and tricks and strategies to gain control over our chaotic lives. And I love that she puts the key takeaways in her show notes so I can listen on the go and not worry about missing anything. She covers a wide range of topics and this is one of the most useful podcasts I've come across in a long time. Well, friend, I am so grateful for you and I'm so thrilled to hear that the show notes are super helpful for you. I know that I listen to podcasts on the go too, and I'm so glad that they can be a resource for you. Thank you again for tuning in and for leaving such a kind review. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road.
1: Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Jessica, and welcome to It's About Time.
0: I am so excited to be chatting with you today. How are you doing?
2: Anna, same. I'm so wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. And I have to tell you before we start, I literally, right before we were talking, just did a mind sweep.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. So how are you yes. feeling? Are you feeling
2: light? Oh, uh, I'm feeling, I well, I, I don't quite know if I've finished it, but, <laughs> but I am feeling better and I have to kind of go back and do the next uh, segment yeah. of it, you know? But um, but yeah, I listened to that episode recently and I was like, oh gosh, yeah, this is what I need. So I want to thank you for that. Your, your, oh my goodness. your podcast is definitely lifting me up. So it's like, it's a dream to be here.
0: <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Seriously, that thrills my soul that not only did you listen, but you have done a mind sweep and I'll be sure to link yes. the mind sweep episode in the show notes. But in a nutshell, it's a practice for getting everything out of your head. That's a bit more refined than a brain dump. Um, because it's not just dumping everything out on the floor. It's doing a very intentional sweep to clear out all the cobwebs so that you can start fresh. So super excited to hear that. Well, Mm -hmm. Jessica, I told everyone about you in the intro of the show, but I always like to, you know, have you tell us in your own words, how do you spend your time? Well, Anna, it's
2: an interesting question because it's definitely shifted. I'm sure a lot of people have experienced this with 2020 and 2021. Mm. And so it, it's looking a little bit different than it used to. So I'll give you a before and after, just a yeah. quick briefing. So um, I live in New York City and, you know, already you kind of experience a level of anxiety <laughs> right, and of fast paced time living in, in a city like that. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the entire time I've been here now, it's just about going on 14 years. Wow. It's been filled with so many things and so many buckets and so many balls to juggle. So I'm an actor. And so there's always been the preparing, the practicing, and the auditioning of the actor side of my life. There's also been the J-O-B like I like to call it. So, you know, the mm-hmm. job that brings in the consistent money. And unfortunately, as it usually is with an actor, that includes multiple jobs. So mm-hmm. for the past few years, I've had four, sometimes five jobs at a time that I'm juggling.
1: Wow. And then
2: there's, yeah. And then there's, of course, my husband, who we've been together as this Like literally the same amount of time as I've been in the city, about 13 years. We've been married for four years. So there's my relationship with him that I have to be honest, I need to devote more time to. And then there's most recently the podcast that I've started, which I started about two years ago. Time flies so quickly, speaking of time. Yes. So then there's the, you know, preparing, planning, and executing of the podcast. And so before the pandemic and everything was kind of going on, my life looked really kind of in those three parts, you know, my normal day-to-day life with my husband, my working out, my, my friends, that sort of thing, my podcast, and my acting stuff. And then back in 2020, when the world sort of collapsed, yeah. my J-O-B, as I call it, completely disappeared, and my, pretty much the acting world completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. And I was left really with only the podcast. And so I can go into more later about, you know, what that's done for me for the past year, because truly it's kept me sane, I think, and it's sort of reinvigorated me. But now what it looks like, and it's also kind of making a shift back because my regular J-O-B is coming back, but now it's really heavy on the podcast and a little bit on the acting as it slowly starts to trickle in and way too much time at home. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so yeah, it's interesting how how time can really shift and the outside world can affect things, but it's all for the better. So there's no matter what,
0: there's a lot of balls I'm always juggling here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That sounds like a lot of plates spinning, a lot of balls in the air. Yep. And I'm sure that every single person listening can in some way relate to the the Picture that you just painted for us with, you know, life looked like this. And then all of a sudden it looked like this. So it's been a very gradual, like, season of adapting. Yeah. And I'll also just say
2: to tag on to that, I don't know if anyone else has been feeling this, but when I was going through the time where literally the only thing I had to focus on was staying healthy, getting walks outside, maybe watching something on TV and my podcast, I kind of ended up loving that life. Mm. And so now as the world starts to open back up, of course, there are things I'm so excited about, but there is a level of kind of grieving that I'm going mm-hmm. through with, you know, I mean, when I first went back to my J-O-B, I'll never forget. I walked in, that was just about two, two and a half months ago. I walked in to the locker room area and I just sobbed because it was mm. like, Oh, I'm back here. You know, I just had all these months working on this passion that I love. And so ultimately it ended up, ended up reinvigorating me to want to do, you know, my podcast and everything more, but it's a level of grieving, I think too, that we're sort of going through. So.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people experienced a sudden simplification of life And really getting a taste of what it could be like to focus either just on passion projects or, you know, really put a lot of intention and attention in just a few areas. And it sounds like that was your experience as well. And now, now as things continue to evolve, it's kind of creating a new comfort level.
2: Yeah, completely, completely.
0: So you have a very interesting way that you have your time separated out. You've got the actor hat. You've got the J-O-B hat. You are Jessica at home (laughs) with your relationship (laughs) with your husband. And then you've got the podcast. I would love to know a little bit, like, what does that time distribution look like now? Are you spending... A lot of hours in one of those departments, if you will? Is it kind of equal? Like, what does that look like?
2: Yeah, it's definitely very heavily weighted on the podcast right now. And that's not only because I love it and it's feeding me in a way that I never dreamed possible. And and it's also one of those things that I know that that can help supplement a life that I dream of and I envision for the future. But it's also because of my reason for the podcast, which we'll get into later. It's kind of um, the perfect timing for it. It's like if if there's any mm-hmm. time for me to fully de- devote my time to this, it's now. And mm-hmm. so that's partially why it's so heavily weighted on that. But also with this acting world, it's it's really shifted. And you know, beforehand, for example, you would get an audition and say they call you today, you would have an audition, maybe for tomorrow, but it was usually for like a day or two out. So you always had to have this sort of ever ending, flexible schedule yeah. to really change up at the drop of a hat, you know, you, you could never really have a nine to five. And so what they would say is, you know, you have this audition, and then you'd go, and you'd literally, I mean, sometimes you'd be there for longer, but especially in the TV, film, commercial world, you might be in and out of that room in two minutes, in five minutes, it can be super fast. And you did, you know, an hour of travel there on the train, and an hour travel back. The flip side of that is when I was doing more theater and musical theater, it would be the opposite. You know, you could go in for an audition and potentially be there all day. But now the way that it's changed is they're emailing you for an audition that you have to do on your own from home. Mm. And they've really not opened up many of the live in-person auditions anymore. So I was actually just talking about this last night with my husband, because yesterday, another J-O-B that I picked up during this time was babysitting, which Mm -hmm. I need to kind of move away from. But I babysat during the day. I had an interview for my podcast in the afternoon and then was doing work on my podcast and was literally on the plan to get out the door and get to the gym when this audition came in. And the way that they're doing it now is they say, you know, oh, it's not due until Friday, but the sooner you get it in, the better. And so it kind of gives you this anxiety of of like, yeah, are are they going to pick someone else who gets it in sooner over me? So I better get it in, you know? And now not only do we just show up, But we have to be our set designers, our lighting designers, Mm -hmm. our our directors, Mm -hmm. and we have to literally transform our homes to set the stage, to do the audition, to edit and put the audition on the computer and then send it through the digital world, you know? So it's, um,
0: my gosh, yeah,
2: yeah. It's a lot of work. And, and I mean, on the one hand, it's a blessing because, you know, there's no travel time. But on the other hand, it's like what happened to me yesterday. You know, I had kind of this mental vision of how my day was going to go and my time was going to go. And then a bomb gets dropped. Mm -hmm. And I just started crying yesterday because I was like, this is, you know, acting is the most important thing to me. Mm -hmm. I, I thrive on that. But I feel so torn when all of a sudden my time is disrupted like this. And I can't plan and it's something that I should be excited about, but I'm, you know, it's this, it's this battle. So it's, um, it's hard because when something that you're so passionate about pops up like that, which is truly the way that the world is working with, you know, in the acting world right now, you have to shift your time. So, um, it's majority these days podcast focused, but when those auditions come in, I have to pivot and shift
0: you know just wow. the way that it works that's so fascinating i think those of us who don't know how the acting world works or auditions or the musical theater world works i think mm-hmm. we have sort of a vague idea of what we think happens based on documentaries that we've seen and behind the scenes of movies and the the casting process uh and i think we can picture sitting outside and waiting for your turn in an audition. But it's, it's crazy to think that now the responsibility is on you to be the editor and the director and to set the scene and to do everything that you can to set yourself up for success in this audition. Yeah. You get your time back that you're not spent traveling, but now that time is eaten up with producing a video. That's, that's right. mind blowing. And it's and also then, this
2: kind of, combination of, you know, you can do it as many times as you want and make it as quote unquote good as you want, but also you just kind of have to bless and release to a certain extent because you can drive yourself crazy.
0: (laughs) Exactly. When do you get to good enough? When do you, when is, when is one more take the last take? Right. I I can't even imagine having your day set or even your week set and then boom, all of a sudden you get this opportunity because it's not like it's a negative, but it's this opportunity that then turns everything upside down and you've just got to be ready to roll with it.
2: Right. Well, like even this audition that I did yesterday, next week I'm supposed to be going to the beach to, you know, have a little vacation with my mom, but if I were to get it, that would be wonderful But I have a callback that I would have to do on the weekend, which I'm already planning to be away. Mm -hmm. I have to get a COVID test on like Tuesday or Wednesday, which I'd have to be away. And then the shoot would be either Wednesday or Thursday. So once again, it's one of those things. It's, you know, you just sort of have to drop everything and change it around, which, you know, it's just what you sign up for.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So now this is where I'm dying to get into the nitty gritty, practical, tactical, how do you manage all of this? Like how do you bounce back without being resentful? How do you shuffle everything? I'm absolutely just filled with curiosity about this.
2: Yeah. Well, I think it's sort of twofold a little bit. One thing that mm-hmm. I've started implementing that I I I literally wouldn't be able to survive without it is purely just my calendar and scheduling and time blocking. Mm -hmm. My husband recently leaned over um, looking at my computer while I was sitting next to him and I had opened up my calendar and he's like, whoa, that's why (laughs) you're so stressed. (laughs) And I was like, no, actually, this is what helps me, you know, all this color and organization, because if I didn't schedule something in, I, it wouldn't happen. Right. Um, So that's that's for sure the number one thing. And I mean, I have to schedule in dates with girlfriends and calling Mm -hmm. people and, you know, those even those little day to day things, because I do find when I don't schedule and I have an open day to do anything, I just don't get anything done. Yeah. And I I think that's been the biggest thing. And my husband actually made an interesting point yesterday when I was kind of freaking out about this audition is he said, you know, maybe it would be a good idea to schedule in like two or three times throughout the week into your calendar that's just for audition or acting stuff that comes up so mm-hmm. that if it does pop up, you already have those time slots allotted. And then if you don't yes. need it, you know, you can u- fill it with something else, which was a great tip. The only thing that I get, you know, a little hesitant about that is like you truly just don't know what hour, what day what time those auditions are coming in. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's something silly too. Like yesterday I had an interview and so I had already kind of done my hair and had some makeup on. And then this audition came in and I thought, well, I'm already kind of set to go for the camera. So might as well do it now instead of tomorrow, you know? So there's those logistical things too. But I would definitely say it's scheduling and almost over-scheduling my time so that if I find that I don't need that time to be filled by something, well, then I can do, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever else. The other thing that I'll say that I've started to implement, especially in this year, my therapist taught me this, (laughs) truly the ability to say no. And that's something that I have a really hard time with that I've been trying to work on. And when I say too, just to kind of give you an idea before the pandemic, well, and I guess even during the pandemic, like during the pandemic, I picked up a job teaching chess to kids online. I was babysitting. I And then I also had the podcast and then auditions come up. Beforehand, before, like I'd say two years ago or so, I had, let's see, was it two or three? I think I was a part of two or three catering companies. So wow. I juggled my schedule with catering for them a hotel that I worked events for that would sometimes call me for things, babysitting about four to five families on the occasion, choreographing occasionally for different musicals or things that would come up. It's like I had so many different jobs. And I think too, as an actor, you tend to just say yes to things because Mm. they're opportunities (laughs) and they're ways to make money. So this year, especially... I've been really practicing saying no. And even though I might need, feel like I need the money or feel like I need this or that, I, my therapist said there's three, no, there's yeah, four steps. She said, first you acknowledge the request. So when the request comes in for, hey, are you free on this day? You say, you know, thank you so much. Let me check my calendar. Mm -hmm. Once you check your calendar, you because also if you step away from the request, you have more flexibility to answer with a sound mm-hmm. mind instead of just doing yes. it on the spot. The second thing is you say no, and that could be regarding time. It's just not the right time for me, busyness, I, I just have too much too much on my plate right now, whatever. But you say the no. You then three, acknowledge what you'd be willing to do. So whether that's unfortunately, I'm too busy right now. But I do know somebody that might be able to help you with this. Mm -hmm. Or unfortunately, this is not really fitting in my schedule with my priorities. But if I were paid to do it, then I would, you know, or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. area is that you'd be willing to do. And then number four is just responding with a solution. So then saying, you know, This is what we can do, or this is what I can do, or I can circle back in six months or whatever that is. And so the ability to say no has really been a practice of mine, too, that's been helping.
0: Oh, my goodness. I... (laughs) feel like we could just end the episode right now. And that would be like an absolute like gem of a takeaway for people to have. We're not going to do that because we still have a lot to talk about, but okay. So the four steps to saying no, that is acknowledge the request to mm-hmm. say no, to mm-hmm. share what you would be willing to do and mm-hmm. to offer a solution. Hmm. Wow. That's that's gold. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. That That's awesome. Uh, so, wow. So I can I can definitely see how how it can be easy to just quickly say yes to an opportunity, especially because sometimes we don't know when the next opportunity is going to come our way. And we can right. have almost like this scarcity mindset of what if this is the last opportunity that I ever get?
2: completely and that comes you know with with this life that I've sort of fallen into that comes with money and a job like when am i going to work again and it mm-hmm. also comes with the performing side you know and that's why sometimes we might take a job that doesn't pay so much but is a really far drive or that you know is an inopportune time but oh at least it's a job we can put it on the resume yeah. You know, but we have to really start really reevaluating, especially as we get older and we have our priorities shift.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. And so I know that you've you've said it several times is the podcast is, mm-hmm. is a very important part of your life right now. It's something that you're giving a lot of your time and your energy to. And I would love to hear a little bit more about your podcast. Yeah.
2: Well, speaking of kind of, you know, taking things that aren't worth it and sort of that shift in your life when you, you know, have different priorities that come up. Obviously for me, I've been with my husband now for 13 and a half years. We've been married for four and a family has always kind of been on our minds. But for sure, when we first started, or I'd say for the majority of our relationship so far, we really both had the the main decision that our careers were first. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to jump into a family right away. But then things kind of shifted. That's actually why I started to focus more on TV and film and commercial, because that's something that doesn't, you know, allow you. That's something that doesn't make you go away for months at a time. You know, if you're working a theater gig, you could be gone for six months, three months, a year at a time. And I just didn't think that that would be possible with a family. So I made that shift. But the main thing that I've been kind of battling for the past 10 years is I developed an autoimmune disease back um back actually when I was on tour. I was on the National Tour of Beauty and the Beast and I won't get into really all the details around it but as a result it ended up really debilitating me completely. I had to buy a cane, I couldn't walk, I couldn't perform for about six, seven months and I had to be put on this yeah and I had to be put on this medication and the medication really has helped me. But the main side effect, I guess, as you'd say of it is that I can't have children whenever I want to, because literally, if I were to have kids right now, I'd have to have an abortion. It's too dangerous for a fetus. Mm. So when, you know, that was fine for when I was 25, 26, 27, 28, once kind of 30 hit, I was like, okay, might want to start kind of figuring this out a little bit. And about two and a half years ago or so, I really decided, okay, I I need to try to figure out how I can get off this medication. And so that really started my journey. But at the same time, all of my friends and every single one of my girlfriends were starting to get pregnant. So I kind of felt like I was around motherhood all the time and in a way, you kind of feel, I don't know if you experienced this at all before you had kids, but you, you almost feel like you can't hang with, with the moms. You can't hang mm-hmm. with your friends, you know, cause yeah. like you can't relate. So I was in this place where acting was kind of in a lull for, for a little while. And I was looking for something creative and I was kind of bummed, honestly, because I was like, well, I want to start a family, but I can't right now because I need to wean myself off this medication first. And so I ended up coming up with this idea that I would start a podcast where I would learn about motherhood while I was kind of in this waiting phase and going through this weaning period um, so that when I do have the opportunity to become pregnant and then give birth and become a mom, I would know as much as I physically possibly could. <laughs> I know yeah. you're never quite prepared, but I yeah. could you know, prepare myself as much as possible and then through the, through the uh, pandemic, when I said everything sort of dropped off, it was really the perfect time for me to completely, you know, invest in this. And I also started kind of wondering, because at first I was just interviewing moms about their journey into motherhood, because I was kind of a, a birth story junkie. <laughs> I mm-hmm. loved listening to birth stories. Yeah. But I was sort of like, where am I in this? You know, I kept referring to myself as a mama in training, learning about motherhood. My podcast actually had a different title name at that point. And I was like, where am I? Where is my story? And so I decided to do this complete rebrand and shift. And now it's called Mamas in Training. And the whole point is that I am trying to give pregnant women and aspiring moms like myself guidance and community from moms who have been there. So I interview moms who have been there about what they wish they had known when they were pregnant or before they were even pregnant so that we can really learn as much as possible. So yeah, that's that's the the long and short of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Jessica, one of the things that I find to be so inspiring about your story is that you started your podcast out of a place of waiting mm. and th- I just think that there are so many people who have been in that place of waiting who who wouldn't have been able to do that but you get in your head and you can feel sorry for yourself you know yeah. and think why me why why am I having to wait I'm surrounded by all of my friends who are moms and and it it could have the potential to kind of lead you to sort of a, a dark and resentful place. Did you ever in your journey to coming up with the idea for the podcast, having the podcast now, you know, what is that what is that felt like for you? Well,
2: I have to preface it by saying if anybody's listening who has You know, they might be waiting as well, but they've maybe experienced a loss or they're having trouble conceiving. I, I have I'm not even allowed to get to that point yet. So I don't know what that feels like. And that's, I know a whole nother ball game that it, it would be too much potentially for someone who's experienced that. Um, But for me, my waiting is a little bit different. So I think on the, on the one hand, it makes it a little bit easier Mm -hmm. however I've just always been trying to think of you know part of this whole journey is in order to get off of my medication my doctor pretty much said the second that you start feeling any sort of pains we'd have to put you on another medication and that's the last thing I wanted because I'm pretty positive that one of my previous medications gave me arthritis gave Mm me made it even worse you know and so I have really been trying to do this sort of from the inside out and focusing on diet and mindfulness and and fitness. And so it's been kind of a, a positive thing. You know, I was like, I need to have a positive thing to focus on. And learning and babies and like I said, birth stories, they just kind of make me happy. So it sort of was an easier thing, I guess, for me to focus on the positive in that way. Yeah. Um, but I will say, like, I've been noticing, especially recently, my best, best friend actually had a baby about four months ago. And it was when she first had a baby that I've been kind of feeling the past few months, actually, a little bit just like, I don't want to say lonely, but mm-hmm. it's weird because it comes into this time where it's like, you know, when you have kids, that they're your priority, Mm-hmm. And so it's truly impossible for me to just pick up the phone and call one of my closest friends and know that they'll be able to chat with me, mm-hmm. you know? So that's been kind of where it's been the hardest, I guess, um, because I, I just, I miss that ability, you know, and I I miss that. I feel like we, we don't connect as often and as frequently because it's always like working around scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um and working around nap times. But then even when it's nap time, like I want them to be able to relax. And mm-hmm. so I guess that's, that's what's been challenging for me as of late. But for the most part, I just really knew that my mind needed something to focus on that was positive. And the learning has really just empowered me as opposed to made me feel more crappy about myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Uh, You know, I was thinking that it must be so important to have something positive that you can focus on, fill yourself up with, setting goals to take care of yourself, your health, nutrition, mentally, physically, and then the relationship piece. And so I love the way that you describe your approach to that. And you know, bringing up navigating the change in friendships. So I know that of, of the people listening right now, there's going to be many with kids, and then there are going to be a a lot of listeners that don't for whatever reason. And navigating the change in those relationships is tough. Priorities Mm -hmm. change. And you've talked a little bit about what navigating that has been like, but I'd love to know what advice you have for women navigating those friendships when there are big changes, whether it's a child coming into the picture or a move or a job change, any type of big transition like that. What, what advice do you have?
2: Um, I guess the two things that have helped me the most, um, one is an app, Marco Polo. Oh yeah. Yeah, so me and two other girlfriends that I have, the three of us, all have sort of a group Marco Polo. And that's really helpful because, you know, if they're playing with their kids, if they're feeding, they can just sort of put the phone down there and talk and do a quick little 10 second or 10 minute, you know, whatever they want video and we can see each other. So it feels like we're connecting more. Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't have to physically be on the phone and and then I can also respond, you know, I can be doing dishes and respond to them. So that's been a really great app that I've found and often should probably use even more. Um, but just seeing each other really makes a huge difference, but it's not the commitment of FaceTime or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. And then the other thing is, um, so I have these other three girlfriends who one of them actually is a mom, but the other two actually aren't moms. But we really make a scheduled effort at least once a month or sometimes once every two months um, to try to meet up. And Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, that looked like Zoom meetups, but we would literally schedule them. So we're actually going to be getting together this Friday and sometimes it's harder to schedule than others. Sometimes it's like, whoa, that was easy. And then other times it's like, ah, we're never going to see each other. Um, <sighs> but we schedule a little girls night out, you know, and we get together. And that's really great, too, because it allows us all to really catch up. And the one mm-hmm. who is a mom, it allows her time out to kind of connect back to herself as a, as a woman and as a female. Mm-hmm. And so those would probably be my two things that have really helped but I'm definitely not an expert in this. And, you know, it, it's funny because I couldn't get enough of my girlfriends. And I think part of that is because I'm also an only child and I don't have mm-hmm. sisters or siblings to connect with. But, you know, my husband, for example, he has siblings and he has a bunch of friends, but he's the opposite of me. Like he never really gets on the phone or connects with his friends like that. It's just when they get together, it's like there was no time missing. But, I yeah. love that connection. So for me, I I have to use those two tools.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for both of those. Marco Polo and scheduling. That's so, so important. It, it is hard. It is hard to carve out time to cultivate those friendships and to spend time with 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 friends, I mean, just simply put, it is hard because we have so many competing schedules and competing priorities. And so I think that it's really outstanding that you that you point out that if you didn't schedule it, it likely wouldn't happen. And that's that's so true, because whenever we say, oh, if there's time left or if there's time available, then then we'll get together. But if you don't make that time, it's not just going to show up.
2: Mm hmm. Exactly. And, and you know what, and it can look differently. Like I said, during the pandemic, we met on zoom and it's still fulfilling. So it doesn't have to look like a whole evening out, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. it
2: can still be fulfilling that way.
0: So Jessica, I would love to know the most surprising thing that you've learned so far through the podcast in your mama in training journey.
2: That's a really good question. I think the most surprising, I guess, is just the amount of control and say and advocating for yourself that you truly have. And I think we oftentimes, we go into these doctors appointments in these hospitals and we you know these these professionals that are helping us and they truly are helping us and I'm not bashing them whatsoever but we put almost too much power in their hands I think and we don't allow ourselves to really trust our gut and our feelings and I'm saying this even not about motherhood because I experienced this with my autoimmune disease and there was an experience I had with something that was on my body. And I was telling them that it was one thing. And they were like, no, it's not. It's not. And I demanded to have a biopsy. And they're like, no, we don't need that. I'm like, no, do it. And they finally did it. And of course, I was right. And so I think, yeah, and I I hear so I would say literally from about 90% of the women that I've interviewed, and I've interviewed up close to 100 women now, that you have so much power to advocate for yourself and what you want in the birthing room and mm-hmm. in the pregnancy journey. And whether that's that you don't want to purple push, you know, like the nurses will tell you, hold your breath and just push like you're, mm-hmm. you have to poop, you know, mm-hmm. but you don't have to do that. You can tell the nurses, I'm sorry, but this is the type of breathing that I'd like to do. Um, mm-hmm. You also don't have to be laying on your back. There's many other ways to give birth with regards to pregnancy, you know, there's multiple ways for you. You don't, oh, this was another one. You don't have to know how much you're dilated. You can ask to not be told. Yeah. Like who, who would ever say, please don't tell me, you know, like that's just a normal thing. But I've heard people say that like, it can get into your head if you know how much you're dilated. And if you don't know, you can go even faster because it's a mind game. You can be, when you're pregnant, you can tell the nurses or the doctors to not tell you how much you weigh, if that's going to negatively affect your mind, you know? So Hmm. like, that's kind of the biggest thing that I've learned is really to be able to empower women. I've been trying to encourage people to really make this the journey that you want to make it. And that goes Mm -hmm. into motherhood as well, you know, because there's so much guilt and shaming and all of this stuff that goes along with it. But as long as you yourself are having the experience that you want and your baby's having the experience and you trust your gut and your intuition,
0: I mean, really that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah. To listen to yourself, to listen to your gut and to trust it. Yeah.
2: And, and advocate for yourself. I always like to explain it too, that I feel this way and I feel like a lot of women who do any sort of quote unquote training or studying to be a mom, you, you feel a little bit like you're drinking from the fire hose. Mm -hmm. But if you do that work ahead of time and, and take that big, big drink, then you can kind of sit back and sift through it all and decide what works for you and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. But if you don't drink from the fire hose in the beginning, then you're going to rely on those quote unquote professionals to do what they do, which let's be real. Like it's their job. They're getting paid for it. My doctor is paid to, he gets paid when I go on a medication. So of course he's going to recommend that medication, you know, and the doctors who are delivering your babies, you know, they're, they have lives of their own. They're ready to get on and get moving. So if it works in their schedule and it's, somewhat healthy for you to get an induction so that they can go on and go on their Christmas vacation. This happened to one of my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. They're gonna do it. but mm-hmm. if you don't want an induction speak up and say no you know so that's kind of a really long-winded answer but that's my my biggest lesson I'd say.
0: Wow. so as we're wrapping up our time together today, first of all, I have to say that this has been it just so inspiring to listen to how you have taken this, like you said, period of postponement, this time of waiting to drink from the fire hose, and then take what you've learned and share with others. I would love to know what parting piece of advice you have for anyone who feels like they too are in a period of waiting. How can they stay positive? How can they Keep going?
2: I would say the biggest thing for me, and the biggest thing that I've heard about too, is community and surrounding yourself. Whether that's with, you know, I kind of actually think that it has to be a combination of family and friends that are supportive, but also mm-hmm. strangers to a certain extent. Yeah. Because I think that the support that you get from family and friends is very different than what you get from strangers. Um, so whether that's in like a Facebook group or that's in an online community or that's in, you know, a group that you are able to finally meet in person, find Mm -hmm. one or two or 10, whatever works for you, communities that you can really share openly where you're at and, and also make sure that they're supporting you too. Cause there's Mm -hmm. been some, you know, like autoimmune communities that I've found on Facebook that just make me feel crappier. So of course Mm -hmm. you want them to be able to lift you up. Um, but like if anybody is an aspiring or expecting mom or even a new mom, I started a community of Mamas in Training and we meet monthly online to just share where we're at. And I try to bring in experts from the podcast to have, you know, they can ask questions and connect and just connect and share. And even if you don't want to share where you're at, to just hear where other people are at sometimes can kind of help, you know? So Mm -hmm. I would say probably whatever it is that you're kind of going through and whatever period it is to just get the support in a community.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, Jessica, tell us a little bit more about that community, where we can find it, how we can connect with you and learn more about what you're doing. Uh, Tell us, tell us everything. Where can we find you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can find me and reach out to me. I answer all of my emails and DMs and all that good stuff. Um, You can find me at mamasintraining.com and you can just shoot me a message. You can also find me at jessicalorian.com, which is L-O-R-I-O-N. And on Instagram at mamasintrainingpod, P-O-D. And the mamas is M-A-M-A-S. And then also on Instagram at jessicalorian. So Pretty much either myself personally or the podcast, Mamas in Training, you can find everywhere. And we also have um, a free private Facebook group, like I mentioned, that's called Mamas in Training. You're more than welcome to join there. And it's a super, super active and supportive group of women, both aspiring, expecting, and new moms that are fabulous, fabulous women. And then I also have, like I mentioned, my um, monthly premium membership, and that's the main highlight of that is our, our monthly grouping online, but there's other little bonuses that you get too. But like, for example, this month, um, when I was speaking to the ladies last month, I was asking them kind of what they were looking for and what they were needing. And they said, it would be really nice to have someone come in and speak about boundaries. So mm. I found a wonderful expert who was actually a, a former podcast guest. And she's going to be coming in, um, it's the last Monday of every month. So she's going to be coming in on that Monday to share her perspective of boundaries and how to navigate boundaries when you're entering or in motherhood. And then they're going to be able to answer questions. So if you'd like to join that group, um, I also would love to offer a free month and you can just trial it out. Um, I can send you the link, Anna, to put in the show notes.
0: Oh, um, yes. But also Definitely. Feel free-
2: Yeah, but also feel free to just reach out to me. And if you send me a DM and you say, I heard you over at Anna's podcast, it's about time, you know, I'd like to join for a month and try it out. Like, I'll just send you the link and I'd love to have you.
0: Oh my goodness. Thank you so, so much. That is so generous of you. I'm so excited to share all of those details in the show notes so that everybody can uh, check you out, follow along, and then be a part of the group. So Jessica, thank Good. you again so much for being so generous and giving of your time for sharing your story and about all of the things that you've learned as a mama in training. Uh, can't wait to, to continue staying in touch and, yeah, thank you so much.
2: Thank you. And and once again, I just, I want to thank you, turn it back around to you and thank you for what you're doing because I'm constantly learning from you and just inspired by you and, and the messages you put out there. So thanks so oh. much for inviting me and for the space. Yeah. I appreciate it.
0: Of course. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. Have a great day and I will talk to you, you, you soon. You're welcome, you too. Bye. Bye. And there you have it. I hope you're walking away from this conversation with Jessica feeling as inspired as I am. Not to mention, I find Jessica's voice to be so soothing. I could seriously listen to her talk all day. What she said about maintaining and nurturing friendships during different phases and stages of life was incredibly impactful for me personally. As the mom of a toddler and a baby, it can be just as hard to maintain friendships with my friends who have older children as it is to stay close to my friends without any kids at all. Sometimes it can be so hard to make the effort when you just feel exhausted most of the time, but Jessica's advice to find a way to make it work for everyone really resonated with me. For links to stay in touch with Jessica, to listen in on future episodes of her podcast, and to learn more about the community she's cultivating, head over to the show notes for this episode at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 99. And before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. Next week's episode, episode 100. Wait, did I just say 100? (laughs) Is it seriously time for episode 100? Y'all. That blows my mind. Next week in episode 100, I'll be sharing the biggest lessons I've learned on the road to 100 episodes, key takeaways from guests, how life has changed since December 2019, oh Lord, how it's changed so much, and more. I hope you'll tune in next week and celebrate with me because I could not have done this without you. That's it for this week. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon.
1: Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.